Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, as always with Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe. We're in the month of May, and this month, Cecile, we're tackling a very, very, what we consider very important subject, and it's basically how we all connect to each other. Yes, that is what is, I think, the most important thing for Mm -hmm. us is how we communicate, how we engage, how we prioritize things Mm -hmm. in life that are important to us. And all the forces, right, that disrupt that, that, that keep us from communicating with each other. Or, or influence the way we communicate. It is a really touchy subject. It's something that, um, for me personally, I had to give myself the headspace to mm-hmm. understand it from a point of view that was not already my specific point mm-hmm. of view. And what we're talking about is, is digital disruption. All things that uh, sit on the back of technology and how it's ever-present in our life mm-hmm. and how it influences the way we connect the way we think the way we date Mm -hmm. i mean all of it that's right and that digital disruption comes from of course the internet social media all the apps that Mm -hmm. uh, people are um, using and and some even addicted to uh, that may pull them away from just regular Mm one-on-one communications and conversations and even that quiet still time with themselves which is so important, yeah. right? Um, and there's even apps to help us be quiet and still. Right. So it's that's right. We, we were thinking about this. We were all talking about it. Sean, our executive producer, did great amount of research for mm-hmm. us. And mm-hmm. as we were thinking about it, just 20 years ago, 22 years ago, yep. uh, a three quarters of what we're dealing with today didn't even exist. We that's social right. media didn't really come into gear until 2004 Mm -hmm. so the the web 1.0 which is the internet as we know it right that the onset Mm -hmm. of the internet Mm -hmm. sometime in the 90s and when we stop and think how um, technology how apps how uh, social media Mm -hmm. all these things that are connecting us through our smartphones or laptops or tablets or watches are all technology I mean think of it how, how is your day different now, Juan, than it was 15, 20 years ago? Well, what's different is, you know, smartphones and mobile devices, right? Those are the main driving forces mm-hmm. right now in basically all our lives. What's different in mine? I told you this uh, just the other day. I wake up and I reach over and grab my phone. First mm-hmm. thing, I'm still laying in bed. And the first thing I do is I see what messages I missed, mm-hmm. um, what tweets I, I may have missed. And... I jump on Instagram as well. I'll see if there's any notifications from Facebook. It's almost like what you would consider back in the old days, picking up the newspaper and and see what was going on. Um, I'm reaching for my cell phone instead. And yeah. it schedules my day. It wakes me up as well. I set an alarm through the phone. And I also do check a bunch of these apps as well. And I would say it's telling you how to feel. It's yep. already priming you for the way you're going to have right. your day. Uh, I remember before email, mm-hmm. think of it as a, as a working professional. Before email, you, you had that quiet time in your day, in mm-hmm. your morning, mm-hmm. to collect your thoughts, get yourself together, maybe focus on your kids, get, to, get your kids ready for school. Now, even before you even go to your, your social media mm-hmm. applications or even your news feed, right. before we used to go to our email, so we would start working already, but now we have... That's pre, pre-cell phone, right? Pre-smartphone. That, that was a computer where you would sit and... Yes, yeah. and then, of course, when, this, when, the, when the first BlackBerry came out, right, right. With, with your... Right. With your email 
But now with social media, um, and again, it was really in, in 2004 that, that the advent of YouTube and, and My, MySpace and right. Facebook and all mm-hmm. of those came into being. And so now you have uh, just an onslaught of, of information, of emotions priming you to, to not only, uh, first of all, start having emotions mm-hmm. about what is happening around the world today, um, then guiding you to what you should be thinking about, and above all, keeping you connected to to your your smartphone and mm-hmm. and not moving away from that space between your ears and the palm of your hand right. to your greater outside world. Well, let's think about it. And you're also being bombarded with all this information. And some of the research that uh, Sean provided us with confirms what many scientists, many parents, many teens already know is that. A lot of this doesn't make you feel any better about mm-hmm. yourself. It uh, leads some into depression, teens thinking about suicide. I mean, it really does a number on our mental health. And things are only going to keep growing, Cecile, because, again, the latest numbers uh, showing that uh, there are expected to be almost 4 billion, 4 billion social media users worldwide this year alone. So that's a, almost a 5% increase from just a year ago, you would have thought during the pandemic that would have been the height, right, yeah. Yeah. Of, of social media use. And there's, but, what, 7 billion people on the planet? Right, right. And it's even broken down even further. Where do you think the most social media users are in the world based on population and, and whatnot? What do you think? Well, if I was thinking about that, I would say either the U.S. or China, just because of sheer volume of people. You're half correct. It is Eastern China with 482 million um, social media users. That's followed by Southeast Asia, right? Mm -hmm. A different region of the the continent with 470 million users. Finally, North America comes in with 329. And then finally, South America with 274. The least amount of social media users, any guess? Africa. Africa, yes, indeed. And Central Asia. And you know, Elon Musk, right? He's Mm -hmm. been sending satellites into Mm -hmm. space. And one of his main priorities is to provide you know clean crisp mm-hmm. high powered internet to areas of the world that don't have it so these numbers we're talking about today may 2022 is just unbelievable mind blowing that things are just going to get bigger and bigger and so why does all this matter why why mm-hmm. should we care cuz it does matter i mean i'm of- thinking about it now and it's just from my first smartphone back in 2010, my first iPhone, I think 4S, right? Because I had a little uh, Razor flip phone before then, <laughs> yeah, right? And a yeah. BlackBerry after that, which again, you had to I pay by text. Right? I love the, the BlackBerry. The BlackBerry was fine. I got really good at typing I love with the one BlackBerry because it was tactile. You could, I could yes. actually, and I have fingers like an mm-hmm. ape, so I, I hate the, just mm-hmm. the typing on the screen. Yeah. Well, well, going back from, from that time when, you know, I was angry you weren't calling me instead of texting me Mm -hmm. i'm not saying you but my friends to the point now where i don't want to really talk too much on the phone let's text and and get it over with times are changing more and more people are jumping into this um generations are growing up like my nephews only knowing that a smartphone is 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 part of their lives i remember Mm -hmm. when my youngest or my oldest now uh, nephew was just a kid i showed him how to play angry birds on oh my, my gosh, cell phone, that? and he took to it so quickly. The intuitiveness of the um, Apple iPhone, uh, just—it's designed that way. It's designed that way. So when we tackle this, mm-hmm. um, it ends with Z because 
we want to be very thoughtful and mm-hmm. we want to be in control mm-hmm. of the choices mm-hmm. that we make in our life. And we want to always examine things. Um, there's clearly so much good um, that uh, social media and the what I call the connectivity of all things mm-hmm. has brought to us as, as human beings, especially mm-hmm. in remote areas like Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. like parts of Africa, mm-hmm. where something tragic can happen and people can rally to help, where there is an emergency and you're always able to connect. As, as long as you have a phone, pe- they will find where you are, help will come mm-hmm. to you, and if you have a connection, you know, people are doing extraordinary things, landing planes by yep. using their phones. So the, all of that is is really great. but. What does it mean to us humans? What does it mean to us as, as people uh, and as individuals, uh, members of, of our families, members of our communities, mm-hmm. members of the planet? Because we look at it from all angles, not just right. on a singular basis. And I think that there is a lot to to worry about. There's a lot for us mm-hmm. to to stop and say, it has become so perfunctory. It has become so automatic yep. that we're not thinking in and this stuff is shifting every day. Yes, everything is gam- mm-hmm. gamified so that we stay connected. So what happens when we choose to give up the the cumbersome piece or the, the things that used to take us five things to do, but now it's mm-hmm. very easy to do because we have an app? Sure. What happens when we let go of that? What happens when... We say, well, we don't have to go see friends anymore because, or I don't have to talk to you. I don't have to hear your voice anymore right? because I can just text you. What are we giving up? I think we're mm-hmm. giving up a lot. Research shows that we're giving up a lot. We're, we're one of the greatest disruptors that social media has caused mm-hmm. is also disrupting the very social fabric between human beings. Sure. It's affecting the human condition, our overall, our over, you know, overall feeling of, of well-being, children's uh, feeling of, of well-being. Um, it affects our personal life. We've talked about how it affects our mental health. Um, it definitely has a far-reach effect. But I think it also affects the way we create relationships. Yeah. And uh, you asked me a question. You, you said, uh, and I'd love for you to ask mm-hmm. it. You, you asked me a really interesting question. I said, Juanito, I, I thought you were thinking saying something else, but you asked me a really interesting question. Uh, and that question was, um, what becomes more valuable in your life, the less you have of. So I'll say it again. What becomes the most valuable in your life, the less we have of. This was one of those memes on Instagram. Yeah, see? <laughs> of course, Some of all good, places. Good things for it. And the answer was friends. And I thought it was time. So true. Friendships, you know. Um, the word friend, the word family has been watered down so much by mm-hmm. social media. We were also talking about this. What is a friend? When I was a kid on the playground, I remember it was so wonderful when somebody would come up to you and say, you know, you're my best friend or or can I be your friend? Mm-hmm. And it was there was a sincere, heartfelt, you know, behind it. You know, mm-hmm. there was something really special behind it. Now, what's a friend? A friend is a contact. A friend is somebody who's on your list of friends on... It's a number. Instagram, social media, and the word family, too, you know? Um, You and I often talk, you know, the three of us, we consider ourselves family, right? Uh, We're Mm -hmm. our chosen family. And, and there's weight behind it. It because matters there's experience. to us, right? There's, there's, there's bruises and yep. calluses. and yep. and I see old photos of us uh, from, <laughs> from a dance class long ago. And in, in a group of, of 10, 
there's Sean, there's you, there's me. Yeah. That constant, that to me is family. But what's family? Now, now work emails are often started off with, hey, work family. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm a little old fashioned. But um, it really does change. Like my nephew, what is my nephew's view of the world? And what does family mean to them? Well, it's not just you. Research mm-hmm. is showing that um, the 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 degradation, the mm-hmm. changing, the eroding away of what true friendship means, and building those friendship ties, mm-hmm. especially among the young and among the young and among the teenagers. Girls are the ones that are more highly affected because young girls, teenage girls, are more uh, impacted by being liked by by sure. that that community that and that sense of belonging that they build from friendships. That's what makes them resilient. That's what helps them feel empowered and important and connected. And so when when you think about you, you ask the question, which is a gr- it was a great way to to think about it. Mm-hmm. What is a what is a friend? Well, a friend is a contact. And now we know that contacts or connections equal money. So actually your friends now have a monetary value. And business knows that. That's why yes. these you know, faces on social media are so valuable to these companies because they know they could advertise on Facebook mm-hmm. or Instagram and they can reach millions. And what is an influencer? An influencer mm-hmm. is someone that just wants a lot of contacts. Correct. So that that That's person right. can So make, they become valuable. So that they can mm-hmm. make money. But does... And and so, do we care about these people? What what is that? What are we what are we doing to ourselves when we don't take the time to really invest in building relationships? Sending somebody a text with a bunch of emojis to try and capture the whole you know cornucopia, the whole pantheon of human emotion mm-hmm. um, is is not the same as going to a friend and saying looking them in the eye, touching them, hugging them and saying, I'm here. You recently went and are going through and I'll let mm-hmm. you talk about it. A really scary thing in health that I know is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. The minute you told me, first of all, the, the the one thing I wanted to do is just hang up, get in the car and go, go right. get in front of you. Right. Because I needed to be, <laughs> I needed to be. In right. your, then the next thing I wanted to do is I wanted to feed you. And then the next thing was, okay, let's break down how you know what are the doctors saying what are the tests what is the prognosis how are we going to get through this um i'm sure you would have appreciated but how would you have felt if i just sent you oh thoughts and prayers hugs and kisses yeah the little hands emoji the little heart emoji (laughs) and the little little nurse emoji no you're absolutely right you know um receiving that phone call hearing your voice uh gave me some sort of of peace and some sort of calm and and like all the friends who I've reached out to mm-hmm. personally about it, they all say the same thing. You're going to get through this. You're going to be fine. You're in the best hands uh, when it comes to uh, UCLA doctors and medicine. Uh, basically, what happened was um, last year I had a couple of dizzy spells, which led me to my doctor, which led to an MRI where they found two what's called TIAs, uh, which are basically mini strokes mm-hmm. in, in, in your in your brain which could lead to issues with balance and hearing in the part of the brain that it hit. First of um, all, stroke, full stop, scary. Yeah, Mini yeah, or not, yeah, scary, yeah, scary stuff. Yeah. So um, basically, um, the good news is this wasn't something fatal, but mm-hmm. it's basically called a cryptogenic stroke. They can't figure out 
where it's coming from, right? So that led to a, a barrage of tests, which led to what's called an echo bubble study of your heart, where they put um, some saline with mm-hmm. bubbles through your veins. And then the um, echocardiogram picks up, basically, there is a hole in the heart that uh, is allowing transfer of, mm-hmm. of blood from one side to the other, which normally shouldn't be there. We're all born with this hole in our heart. Um, it normally closes mm-hmm. for the majority of people uh, when they take their first breath, once they, they come into this world. But 25% of the population, it stays open. And for a good portion of that population, um, you live your entire life and never have had a problem. But because in 2016, I had an issue with a blood clot in my leg, and now these two TIAs, it's become imperative, according to my doctors, that we close that hole. Didn't we just read also that somebody's wife? Yes, Justin Bieber's wife, Haley Bieber. Who's very young also. Very young, had the same thing. She actually had a worse um, situation. Um, I just had two dizzy spells, and I was actually at work, and I kept working. Um, She had one where she... She, she lost the ability to speak. She had wow. confusion. She had a, a numbness in her, in her face and in her arm. So she had, it just again, it just all depends on what part of the, of the brain these, these strokes hit. So anyways, basically now I'm at the point where uh, the decision needs to be made whether they go um, through my leg in a mm-hmm. catheter lab um, where they just use a patch to close the hole mm-hmm. or they have to do open heart surgery mm-hmm. because the hole might be too big. Mm-hmm. So it's gone from what's called the PFO to an ASD, which is a um, atrial septal mm-hmm. defect. Anyways, uh, and people, through all of that, yeah, and through all of that, yeah. you know that you have your friends absolutely who are going to be absolutely. there absolutely. And I was just telling you on my way in today that for the first time, and and I don't know how long the last, just I was driving to work two days ago, and I said to myself, "Wow, I feel really good," mm-hmm. and it just changed the entire way I looked at the day. I associated with my coworkers. I even would tell them, I'm like, you know, just so you know, I'm having a really good day Aww. and it felt great. Mm-hmm. So anyways, um, I will keep our listeners up to date with my situation. If, um, um, God forbid it does turn into a, an open heart situation. I will document and we'll talk about it and, and I'll share my experience because, you know, I know I'm not alone in this. And, and it's important to know, and that's one of those cases where um, mm-hmm. Internet 2.0, almost 3.0, which yeah. we'll get to in, in the series that we're doing about digital uh, disruption, mm-hmm. where we'll talk about the metaverse, which is going to be a whole the separate The metaverse is going to probably podcast. several, several podcasts. Because in the that. metaverse, you would be mm-hmm. perfect. I would be perfect. We would have a perfect life. Uh, we every, would be at, it, the, at, the, at our goal weight the entire time in the metaverse. <laughs> we would, yeah, we would have a we perfect house. Tall. Yeah, all be, of you know, every, anything you wanted. All of those things. Yeah. But yeah. we're talking about this today because uh, we believe that before we all jump in, because right now 68% of Americans are mm-hmm. not interested in the metaverse, uh, and I and I agree with that. That's very interesting, but it's growing. Yes, but I agree with that. But I think before we jump into that, we we have to stop and digest, now that we have the data, mm-hmm. how we're consuming uh, all this technology and social media and digital um, effectiveness and digital uh, uh 
tools that make mm-hmm. our life easier and, and how we're using them and what is that doing to who we are as people and how we connect and how yeah. we value human life and relationships and personal relationships before we say, okay, now we're going to go live most of our life in our head in a world right. that doesn't exist where if no, so long as I have the money, I can have a, a perfect life. Yeah. And if I don't, then I have to be down here in the muck with everybody else. Yeah. I think it's important that we that we think about these things. And and so um, I'm, I'm grateful that when we found out that you you had the situation, that all this was available uh, on the Web for us to research and for mm-hmm. us to find out, OK, this is this is common. Th- this is right. fixable. This is OK. And and you know what? And to be honest with you, and then it got to a point, you know how the uh, Google Analytics keeps <laughs> yeah. track of what you search for, then I'm starting to get bombarded yeah. with more and more information on it. Then it's like, whoa, wait, I need to pump mm-hmm. the brakes on this. I've learned enough, I know enough, the doctors have been great. And it's not only me, but everybody else out there. You know, if you search, you know, certain terms, weight loss or or Anything. how to do this or how to do that, you will suddenly get bombarded with information that again if you're not fully aware of how it makes you feel it could really send you down a very dark path and we're seeing it with teenagers all Mm -hmm. the time you know cdc studies um have shown that uh this is the highest level of teenage sadness ever recorded Mm -hmm. the period was 2009 to 2021 Mm -hmm. so that included the pandemic years Mm -hmm. as well teenagers were just not feeling themselves and you know we, we were teenagers before um, <laughs> At some <point>. digital technology, <laughs> and that was hard enough, too, just to maneuver of course, that. Because you're trying to figure out who you're going to be as a human mm-hmm. being. And, and mm-hmm. listen, it, is, it continues to be hard even as we get older. That's hopefully right. we're wiser and we're able to be more anchored in who we are. And hopefully, if we're lucky, we, ha- we are surrounded by good friends that remind us when mm-hmm. things are going really crappy in our life or we're going through a very painful part of our life or a scary part of our life, that we have friends that tell us it's going to be okay. Or you have friends that tell them, you know, go in there and slap that woman into mm-hmm. into you know oblivion or whatever it is that, of course, I say that jokingly. But you need those people in your life. You need the that mm-hmm. love and support beyond the little the, emojis. The people that will tell you yeah. that, that, you know what, maybe that dress or that outfit or that <laughs> hairstyle doesn't yes, make you look your best. You do look fat in that no, outfit. No, I mean, Go put know, something else you know, I've, on. I've, I've often heard people say, you know, the, the friend tells you, um, that doesn't look good on you. The enemy will tell you that looks great. You look great. Oh yeah. Oh, my so God. You know, I haven't heard that. That's <laughs> that's not. That's good absolutely true. At all. Um, the other uh, thing that I was uh, I was thinking about that I'm just fascinated mm-hmm. by as we uh, as as we are taking more and more in an active role ourselves as ends with Z in social media. That's right. Being more active in our in our Instagram account and and doing isn't more that funny? Things. We're doing something about digital detox, but we also want to reach. More listeners people. and more people, and how do we do it? We have to use social yes, media. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. but because this is not black and white. This is mm-hmm. not. This is not a yes or a no or an all in. I I would argue that you can't live in modern society and not Correct. plug in. It's Correct. just or own a business or buy anything, a paperclip without. Well, first thing an you do if you have a business is set up a, a website because people are going to look for it, especially restaurants. Uh, service Correct. industry Correct. they want to know what you offer yeah. how much you charge yeah. where you're located that sort of thing and so 
one of the the pieces that we were uh, reading that what I found so interesting is that that um, the way people define the difference between the intent of social media where it was when it first started um, and and I recommend a really great documentary on uh, Netflix called uh, The Social Dilemma where they interviewed mm-hmm. some of the founders of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. The, the that was origi- fascinating. The original yeah, fascinating coders, look. Mm-hmm. where they said, uh, the, the folks who, who started this on Facebook, who, who actually came up with the, with the like button, the thumbs up, their intent was That's right. to make people feel better about life, to make people feel like they were being liked. And, and so the intent initially was um, for, for sharing and connecting mm-hmm. with human beings. But now this article that we wrote by this social scientist said, that it's really only to manage your own personal brand. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how true that is. People yeah. and, and the energy that it takes to constantly be thinking, how am I going to look better? What is right. this going to say about me? How and, and even more challenging, how are people going to react to me? Are more people going to like me? And remember, we used to pride ourselves with saying, I'm good with who I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I am who I am. People either people either accept me or don't. And now mm-hmm. it's it's about constantly the anxiety of it all. And and, and yeah. that's another thing that it could produces is a, a higher levels of anxiety mm-hmm. because you're constantly one being bombarded with all the things that are going wrong in the planet, which yeah. there's a lot. Mm-hmm. With how am I being judged? And you're the yeah. ones that you are putting yourself up on that block right. to be judged. And it's so much anxiety, Cecile, that Instagram actually had a change a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where um, the number of likes that you would get would only be visible to you. Wow. Because it was obviously creating a problem, right? What was happening is people were comparing themselves to others. You know, um, my picture was only getting 15 likes and everybody knows it. While my um, friend here was getting 300 likes. Why? Why is that the the issue? So something that started, like you said, the thumbs up or the heart, the like was mm-hmm. supposed to be something to engage, to let somebody know how you feel, was also giving other people anxiety. In fact, um, I was reading something um, also for this podcast, which talking about social media, um, it said that social media isn't like rat poison, but more like alcohol. It's toxic to everyone, they said. You know, it's it's you take a little bit and a little bit here and a little bit there and then you become But it depends on the person how much how much they take right. it. You know, not every everybody can yeah. drink, but not everybody becomes alcoholics. That's true. Um mm-hmm. that that's true. And and for me, um I think that there is so much pressure and so much um so much uh, disadvantage to us as individuals mm-hmm. to not become addicted right. because it is designed right. to do that, right. that it takes almost superhuman strength mm-hmm. to, to not be addicted, to be able to be mindful of the way you use it. And that's why it was important for us to connect on this topic and talk about it mm-hmm. and, and hopefully bring uh, some different perspective and things for us to be mindful about because it is about your life. It, it, it goes to the very core of how, from your example, Juan, how you start your day, how you right. set your mind frame every day, every day of how mm-hmm. you're going to start, how you're going to feel. Do you wake up happy and hopeful, or do you wake up anxious and 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 already outraged because of whatever a post that you saw? To how much time you give your friends and who you call your friends. I I, yeah. I know a lot of people, but I have very few friends, yeah. and my friends to me are like family. So we're even redefining that. 
And then when you think about relationships, um, as I contemplate, I'm, I'm not even yet fully committing mm -hmm. to contemplating, mm -hmm. but as I think about thinking about thinking about sometime in the near future dating, one of the things that stops me, there's a lot of things that stop me, but one of the things that stops me from thinking about that is the minute I say that people automatically say, oh, you got to go on one of the dating apps. Right. I would rather give birth to a water buffalo chewing a chiclet yeah. than think about <laughs> being on one of those apps. Yeah. It is so impersonal. It is so, in, to me, okay, mm -hmm. to me. I know people, my niece met her husband and they're happily married. Well, again, it depends on, on, Just, yeah. But so mm -hmm. it, the reality is in the way I live my life, I don't think that I will ever meet anyone yeah. if I choose not to to go on those apps. And right now I'm I'm choosing not to do that. Right. And so I see the weight of this. Yeah. I, I get it. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't potentially have a lot of things that could negatively affect right. our life. Well, and it goes to show you how everything has changed little by little. When these dating apps first started, it was, Match. you know, match and a lot of times people didn't want to show their face they yeah. were embarrassed why are they on this but it's now stigma. it's now it's become a thing where even when i meet uh you know uh, partners or couples um a very common question is how'd you meet and they're like oh we met on tinder oh we met on on hinge i think is another one right um the wrong person to all, ask all, sor <laughs> all sorts of, <laughs> uh, of different ones so yeah i'll tell just, you how yeah. far it's come I was recently at a friend's house and yep. she introduced me to a, a, a friend of hers that came in and and one of the first things that this person asked uh, when they found out I was single, they said, well, what app are you on? Right. Because the assumption is you would be on one because exactly. all single people. Exactly. And I said, oh, I'm not any on any. And her comment was, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? So that now was, that it was, went from being right. kind of a stigma that, ooh, I say it in under whispers, I'm right. on whatever it was, um, uh, uh, whatever the first one was. Match. To match, yes. Mm -hmm. To now, they perceive that there's something wrong there's with something you. There's something wrong with you. Well, how, and aren't friends supposed to make you feel better about yourselves? Yeah, yeah. I mean, after two divorces, I've always told you. <laughs> Please don't do it don't again. Don't get married again. Just don't. Just don't. We can you, just be. You actually said, Juan. Yeah. You actually said, yeah. please, Cecile, your friends can't survive it. Don't right. do that again. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. Um, hey, I can't survive it. So agreed. Now, most of my life has been as a single uh, man. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why I, when I told you this, I was um, single at the time. And I'm just, just leave it alone. You don't need it. Um, but you know what I will tell you, and I've talked about this in, in, a, in a prior podcast about um, how I met my partner. It was a face-to-face -face meeting, and I don't think it would have been the same if we wouldn't mm -hmm. have met mm -hmm. um, in person uh, one time before. It was just a casual hello. Yeah. And then later, a few months later, um, we reconnected again, and boom, we're almost three years down, I know. Uh, down the line, and everything worked out for us. But, you know, as much as we're saying that the, there's all this digital disruption there is a lot of great things too yes. that um social media and the internet has brought you know it's brought um, information and education to people they, the arab spring was credited correct uh, because of what um people were seeing on Cor twitter correct um my sick my 80 i was gonna say sick my mom would be so happy if if i if i said she was in her 60s but my 83 year old <laughs> mother you know she's on facebook, you've been conditioned right? she's on facebook and after my dad passed away, she felt even when she was alone at home, she was still connected yes. to people. 
And while um, some people may feel bad about themselves seeing what other people did, she enjoyed watching her friends out at restaurants or with their grandkids. So you really have to see how it, you know. So again, with great advancements in technology, with great power, with great wealth, with great opportunity comes great responsibility. And it's our responsibility to go back to hopefully how the way it was created for a a portal for sharing and connecting. Indeed. I know how much it's helped Mm -hmm. me in my business professionally, the work that we do with you as Executive Search. Uh, LinkedIn is a a massive social platform that we use uh, to not only to connect with people, but more importantly for people to connect with us, uh, people to vet who we are, who I am as, a, as an individual, as a, as a company, and as a group of people. We also use it to um, find additional content and get to know people better mm-hmm. before we start engaging with them. So it is, it is a, a, a massive, massive, powerful, and, and positive tool mm-hmm. to connect with uh, people, to bring out your services and your brand. But again for as much good as it does and as much as it allows a boutique firm like mine to to scale and to compete with mm-hmm. companies globally again we have to stop and say what what is but what is the flip side of this nothing is all good no mm-hmm. human being is perfect mm-hmm. no technology is perfect it might have perfect intent but a lot of things get lost along the way and these pieces are so important digital disruption in, in the digital world we're living in right. is so important to us and the way we connect as people and and how we live our lives so that's why we wanted to do it mm-hmm. in multiple episodes right. we wanted to do tackle into three we wanted to dive into the the personal side and the relationship right. side the next one we'll do we'll dive deeper into how it's affecting individual relationships more on teenagers because right. they're the ones that are really in gen um z uh, affected mm-hmm. and we have um, a lot of research on that too that we've compiled and it's and it's sobering it's it sobering to really see what's, sobering. what's going on with these young kids just the numbers alone uh average mm-hmm. american 2.5 hours on social media but but kids are spending nine hours of screen time that's just yep. physically in front of a screen of which five hours alone right. is just social media. So social media, video gaming. I know when I call my nephew in Florida and I ask him what he's doing, he's playing on his Xbox and he'll be there for hours. Yeah. And I call my great nephew. Yeah. I call my sister. And if my great nephew is there, he'll say, Vincent, you want to talk to auntie? And the first thing when they put the phone, because it's a call, he says, I can't see her. He doesn't understand a regular phone call anymore. He's four. So we want to talk about all of those things. We want to talk about what that is doing to us, uh, to, to teenagers, to Gen Z and the rest of us, what Mm -hmm. it's doing to our, our personal relationships. And we'll even get down to the, the, the connection of, uh, that, uh, scientists are making that why we are even having, less sex as Mm. Americans because of all of this. And the third piece, which is going to be the the big one and why we say we wanted to understand what all of this advancement Mm -hmm. in technology has done to us so far before we allow ourselves to unplug from this real world and plug into the metaverse. So... Uh, lots There's to talk about. A lot to unpack. Um, <laughs> and some with of it that doesn't make one. sense. Some of it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Well, uh, you know, before we started planning for this podcast, I actually did, uh, you know, look online to find out what the definition of the metaverse was, and that led yes, to sir. so many articles 
And there's so many companies that are investing. Number one was Facebook. They mm -hmm. of invested course, that's why they millions and millions Meta. of dollars. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called Meta too, right? Um, into the um, metaverse. And um, there's a game that my nephews play. It's called Roblox. Mm -hmm. uh, that's also part of the metaverse. So, you know, if they get them young, you know, these kids, the young teen, teenagers and, and, and young ones, they're going to grow up with the metaverse as just being part of their world. Yeah. So, but for... Folks that are perhaps a little older, and it doesn't have to be, you know, 40s up, 35 and up. There's a lot to figure out here. There's a lot to figure out and a lot to think about, and in my opinion, a lot to distrust and, and mm -hmm. really worry about. Uh, when anyone tells me, unplug from this world because there's a perfect world that you can just live in your imagination, that's what books do for me. Yeah, um, that makes and, sense. Books do that. Uh, but it's great. To have that destruction, distraction, excuse me, that was a Freudian slip, destruction. <laughs> uh, so long as the physical world that we live in never stops being the primary thing that you think about, care about, and the people, the humans that are still here that you can see yeah. in, 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 three, in, you know, in, in real life are the ones that we care the most about. That's right. what matters to us, and we hope it matters to you. Yeah, because real life isn't pretty, right? Um, and <laughs> yeah. the metaverse, that um, you know, virtual reality world, can be perfect, which can also screw up a lot of things yeah. um, <laughs> in so, the way we feel about ourselves and others, right? That's right. So we'll we'll keep talking about how to be better humans so that we can prepare to have fun in the metaverse. Yep. And as always, we'd love to hear from our listeners. What do you think about this topic? What do you think about the metaverse? Do you have questions about the metaverse? Um, maybe you can shoot us an email and of course, we'll do our best to uh, break it on down, right? That's right. <laughs> and that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter. Oh,